I'm Lissa Mia Smith. And I'm Anna Mercier. And you're listening to Turning to Story. As writers, we've experienced the triumphs and heartbreaks of the publishing industry, from endless rejection to dream book deals. Through it all, we've learned to embrace the one thing in this chaotic industry we can always control. Our craft. I don't think so. Hi. Hi. Oh, that's appropriate. Hi. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. This is appropriate for this episode. And why is that? Uh, are we diving right in? I mean, I, this was a, we usually chat a little bit more, but like Taylor was right I mean, there and waiting. it was a really great segue. It was. You had to go for it. You I had, had to. to. I had to. Uh, okay, it's so. Me. It's me. Hi. <laughs> I can't wait to dissect that song. Spoiler alert, that's one of the songs I'm Ooh, dissecting. Oh, good. I don't have that one. Oh, good. good. Okay. Awesome. Okay, good. Uh, so the reason why we're making this joke is because to kick off season two, we are going to be analyzing some Taylor Swift lyrics and what makes her such a good storyteller. Woohoo! Because honestly, in the song world, she is so popular. So popular. Uh, She's successful. Yeah. And uh, we got to figure out why. Yep, it's, this is Team Be Curious. Whenever someone is killing it in their craft, we want to learn from it. And so season two, we get right. to expand to Taylor Swift and see what we can learn from her. And we'll get into it soon, but preview, like, I went into this knowing that she's a genius. Uh-huh. I am blown away by how much I learned from her. Like, there are so many things that we have talked about that she has applied so masterfully so I, I cannot wait. I had so much fun dissecting yeah. her songs. I felt like I, I texted you, but I felt like I was um, in high school again, analyzing song lyrics with all my little <laughs> highlighters and all my little pens. Did you do like, that in high school like that? Yeah, absolutely I did. Here's my notes. Oh my gosh, those Isn't are such fun? pretty notes. I did my version of high school where I would doodle the lyrics, yes. highlight, and then take notes. Um, oh, you tackled all, oh, I see which song you tackled. And <laughs> I, right. I looked at that one like seven different times and I was like, I know there's so much history behind this song and I am terrified. So I'm going to stay You know what? I, I knew it all too well. <laughs> <laughs> Before we dive in, though, yeah. welcome to season two. Season two. What is that? What does that even mean? <laughs> I I have no idea. So, I mean, we've already laid out. We laid out season one. That was like the layers of writing a book. And season two is very informational and very fun. Uh, but the season overall feels like chaos, where it's like <laughs> we're just going to talk about a thing that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, we really, I think what we learned from season one is that one, planning our episodes in advance really does work for us. Mm -hmm. So we did that yes. again. And two, we kind of got a feel for which ones really worked uh, in terms yes. of very direct and accessible and fun ways to improve our craft and talk about it. Right. And so we just shot out a bunch of ideas and went through all of the emails and DMs. Uh, yes. And texts we've received over the last several months being like, hey, can you do something on pitching can you do something on vibes why does this thing in particular work uh and we were we, like yeah let's let's do all it. the things that people are asking for that we enjoy <laughs> yes and some of the stuff that we shouted out in episode one people reminded us they thank you very much uh to those people for saying hey remember in episode three where you said you would cover this topic and i was like no and they were like well you did here's the minute mark yeah, uh, please do that to it 
You Thanks. were full days to it, and we appreciate it, because we, uh, Anna and I sat down for this meeting of, all right, all the things we wrote down for this year. Yep. And my list was gone. I couldn't find it. <laughs> we, it we're organized. <laughs> no. No, we try. We make it work. We um, do. Also, exciting news for those who are enjoying our podcast, and if you made it to this, like, couple of minute mark in, then hey, we're glad to still have Hey, you thanks for sticking with us. But we have started a weekly newsletter, a little Woo! Substack. Woohoo. So you I'm can excited. Yeah, you can find us at our Substack. It's uh, at turning to story on Substack. Exactly how it sounds, exactly how it's spelled. Uh, the link is in our Instagram bio, so you could find it there too. I will link it in the show notes. But essentially, there's so many times during an episode where we're like, I will link it in the show notes, for example. Now we can just send you the show notes. You know, if you sign up for this just once yeah. a week, we will get, we will send this to you the moment the episode comes out, so you're never surprised by it. Yep. And I'll have everything you need right there, a little summary of what we're talking about and some visuals to go along with it. And there may be some visuals of our pets. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I haven't even discussed that with you. But We have cute dogs. I think that's a We necessity. do. Whenever you talk about Nessie Nunu's, now people will know Nessie Nunu's. they'll see her little, her little mohawk. Her little mohawk. <laughs> She's a little gremlin and a lover. <laughs> she is both both a lover and a gremlin. <laughs> and poor little duck who's had a rough go. Poor little duck who tore his, uh, essentially his ACL and had to have ACL surgery. <laughs> so he's shaved right now. I actually have a really cute picture to include in our first sub stack laying on the floor. <laughs> And maybe the most exciting part of our Substack uh, endeavor is that we can hear from you more directly and more organized. So this is the beginning of us starting a bit of a turning to story community rather than gathering in um, messages or DMs. Like there are so many of you that have been so freaking supportive. We cannot (sighs) thank you enough. Yes. For those of you who have posted your seven layer plot dits, dits, post those dits. (laughs) Post those dits. Did it sound good? Nope. Don't. Nasty new news is already barking outside my door. Any hoodle, uh, we're just super, <laughs> super grateful for the community that has begun to form and the support that y'all have shown us. We would love to talk to you more directly and to introduce y'all to each other uh, and be able to discuss the episodes, what you like, what you don't like, what that you wish there were more of, what we meant, because we are usually just flying by the seat of our pants. Mm-hmm. And then I think this is also a really great place for pe- other people to, I assume they can do this, is share resources, right? Mm. So if they, because that's something that other people have done is they say, oh, I really like this thing. And here's this YouTube video that I've watched, or here's this uh, sheet that I use. And I think this would be a really great way to see those resources and have more information going around. That's a great idea. And now when we like throw a question out there, we can get more of an instant response and share the response more easily. Then. Love it. Yeah. So we're excited. Uh, our Substack again is at turning to story. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes. You can find it on our Instagram, or you could go to Substack and find us there. Uh, but we're excited. We're excited to give you Woo. weekly updates on what I'm the excited. heck we're talking about this season. Yes. The Twilight jokes are back. Let's go. The Twilight jokes are back. We'll see what else comes of this. Um, always back. Let's go to Taylor. Let's go to Taylor. Let's do it. So uh, a little background. Where? What's your What's your Swift journey been like? Um. So I was one of those people, I was, I've never ever, I can say this like 
confidently and truthfully, I've never been like a Taylor Swift hater. I was just more of like a, eh, she's there. When she went through her country phase, that was when I was very like not into country. And I was like, meh, whatever. It's not my That's vibe. when country was very not cool. It's when we exactly. were like in our emo phase and country was yes. very not cool. Yeah, it, not was that it, was not. it wasn't a phase, mom. It's not a phase, mom. It's a way of life. <laughs> I remember... Gosh, is it the album? And this is where I say I'm a Swifty light. I appreciate her as an artist, but she's not like my top 10 listens. I think it was Reputation came out. That's the black and white one that has like, uh, I did something bad. Mm, it has those yes. songs. That Whatever that album is, I was like, oh shit, this is my shit. And I really like this. And then the real one that got me because it is right up my vibe. I listen to indie folk music is Folklore mm-hmm. and Nevermore. That right there was like, whoop, we, our Venn diagrams became a circle. Um, <laughs> so that's my history. Yeah, that's pretty similar to mine. So I want to say up right up front in this, because I know we have a lot of Swift fans. Shout out to Olivia, who is not on social media, but I know she listens to us. And we, uh, this one's for you, Olivia. We know you're, I you have given you, us Olivia. the best Taylor Swift uh, PowerPoints. Olivia is the one who all too well came out. It was at Y'all Fest. And Olivia gave me my crash course in All Too Well, and it was the most thorough education I've ever received. Olivia is a brilliant what a gemstone. genius. Yeah, she um, showed me her PowerPoint about which Taylor Swift exes would be which American Girl dolls, and um, it was brilliant. Why it is she the coolest life. person? In she the really world. is the coolest person. We don't Dang deserve it. her. Um, so, anyways, Olivia, if you're listening. We want to own up front to all the real Swifties. We are Swifty lights. We love and support her work. We came on late on the train. Uh, we are older. Uh, we are elder elder emos. Yep. Um, so yeah, my my Swift journey is pretty similar. Um, was also never a hater. It, it was the sort of frankly like the I'm just I did not identify as someone who listened to pop music and I had put her aside as pop. Uh, and we were also older, and like a lot of Taylor Swift fans were much younger. And yes. I was already, in, by the time she came out, I was already like in college and obviously right. had blue hair and was very emo and listened to yes. very sad music. Um, and then, like, and I'd hear about her and I knew she wrote her own music mm-hmm. and wrote her own lyrics and wrote her own songs. And I was like, that's fucking awesome because she has a lot of songs. Right. And then I would hear lyrics and I'd be like, huh, that's like really good. That's really genius. Uh-huh. Like, she has even like her most poppy danciest songs have these like killer lyrics when you're really paying attention you're like oh shit um and then it was like twofold for me before she won me over like completely won me over Uh i was like i will listen to anything this person puts out yes um one was in the like the when the internet turned on her for kanye Uh i had done a deep dive into that um and i completely took her side i just want that out there for the record i was like (laughs) there's no way the freaking kardashians um, right you know anyways we won't get into it. i don't need to wait yeah. into internet drama <laughs> this is the part of like the swifty thing that i'm like i don't know enough about anything to have any opinions other than her song lyrics are great i i won't get into it but it's, i had a friend who was on the other side of it and was like yes. oh this is i know you like taylor swift and blah, 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 but like look at this thing she did and she tried to make kanye look bad and i was like i like really dove deep into it and i'm like no this this is an actual evidence this doesn't make any sense i love this so much um, yeah and i was like really on her side and and then I don't remember which of these two things came first, but I think it was like there was some big I have a lot of friends in New York City who are single and living their lives. They're my age and they're just way cooler than me. And so they like keep track of cool shit. 
And so I think it was when Hamilton had its party to go on Broadway, when it went from off-Broadway to on-Broadway. Uh-huh. It was like a, I think it was a Hamilton party, I could be wrong, but it was like a super star-studded after party. Right. And uh, Jimmy Fallon was there, he was, rumor is he was really drunk, uh, and Taylor Swift was there, the Roots were there, uh-huh. um, obviously Lin-Manuel Miranda's there. And Taylor Swift could jam with the rest of them. That's what this attendant told me. That she could jam and make up shit as she was going along and make up the words and make up the song with her guitar, with her piano. She could jam with the best and the rest. And I was like, I'm not surprised because she's been writing her own music literally forever. But it was so fucking cool. Like, I just, I, she gave a lot of respect. I love that. Yeah. And so then Folklore Same came out and it hit that indie, uh, indie emo vibe for me. Yes. And then... I have stuck with her since, and I have gone backwards every time a Taylor's version comes out. Then I'm like, well, let me check it out. Well, this is my personality today, <laughs> or this week, or this month. Yes, yes. Um, but I do think it's important to own We're Swifty Lights, and frankly, I think that could be an advantage for this episode. I was thinking about that from an analysis point of view, mm-hmm. because I, in, okay, so... I was trying to figure out my process for analyzing this, of like, okay, I know Taylor Swift has like a lot of deep references and allusions to things that have happened in her history and or happened in the world together. and she ties them all together. So each song is connected. And the and number like, of the song is connected. Oh yeah. Gosh. Which is amazing. I mean, talk about right. taking care of your fans. Like that's right. amazing. I think that's the thing. And I wanted, uh, like, that's where I kind of drew the line on analyzing the references and allusions to her massive work and her history was she's not just popular with those people. She's popular with, a whole vast spectrum of people who are just like, no, I like her music. And I went with that perspective. So I agree. I think not knowing all those references allowed me to just analyze the words and the story. Totally agreed. So this is, we won't be as distracted ideally by the cool shit that she does. If you're in her fandom, like if you're one of her, her stands, like we can talk about the really really brilliant craft thing she does right as a frankly as a poet um, yes because we're doing this you know obviously the way she makes people feel has to do with how she sings songs and the music itself and there's a trend you know music can bring you to tears even without words but we're really focusing right. on the words uh and there's out of the songs i did there was one where afterward i'm like i need to look up there has to be it's just so different these lyrics for her that after i analyzed uh-huh. them i looked up what they were for, and I wasn't surprised. Okay. But the other nice. ones, I tried to stay blank, yeah. including all too Same. well. I did not go down a rabbit hole. That song right. is fucking brilliant, and I will it tell is. you from a craft profession, like my from a craft perspective, why that song is. I'm so, so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. Do so you want to? Oh go God, first? we're gonna start with all too well. Ten minutes out, girl. Autumn version. Let's just do it. Get into it. Let's go. Okay, so when we send out the newsletter with this, uh, we will include links to each of these lyrics and to listen, but we're assuming you don't even need to know. We're not going to read you the whole thing because I think there's copyright issues with that. But we're going to analyze it. So, And we're going to analyze it from craft in particular. So first thing I notice she does is that she all too well... (laughs) This is so fucking brilliant. I don't know where to start. This is, she wins you over as a listener. Uh-huh. She wins you over slowly and makes her case very, very slowly in the background with very specific techniques. Okay. And then slams it home so that you are 100% on her side and you want to, like, swing a bat at someone's car. Like, you're okay. so, you know, you're so mad and sad on her behalf. And it's really skillfully done. So first thing, 
uh, Taylor is very, very good at grounding us in details. Yes. So she literally starts with setting. I walked to the car with you. The air was cold, but something about it felt like home somehow. Like this is, we know, we already know the season, even if it wasn't Sad Girl Autumn. We know it's cold. We know at least know the half of the year it's in. Uh We know what she's doing. Uh, She's cold, but feeling like home. So we know Mm -hmm. how she feels. And these are very, she could have said, if she just said the air was cold, that alone is a detail. Right. Um, But it ties it. She's already using that filter of what uh, Story Genius calls the third rail, right? The Uh very alive. How does she feel about that it's cold? She's loving that it's cold. It feels like home. This is like a very um, snug and cozy feeling. Because the telling of the the air was cold is not the importance. It is the but phrase. <laughs> but phrase. Uh, but it's the but phrase. It's the contradictory phrase after it. Something about it felt like home somehow. Right. That's the that's the lyrical, beautiful writing that allows you to have the telling in the beginning. Right, and that's the third okay. rail. We're in. We're getting grounded in the setting through her emotional lens right away. Bingo. This is not just anybody who's walking in the cold, walking to a car with somebody in the cold. This is someone uh-huh. who is feeling really like that cozy. You can almost smell the chimney in the air, even though it's not even mentioned of like a wood yes. burning fire. This is a cozy, exactly. cold, like it is a very specific feeling. She's feeling mm-hmm. safe in this. So third rail right away, setting through the lens of Taylor's emotion. And then she continues to ground us in details, uh, her wide-eyed gaze. So that uh-huh. is a detail, right? We know what she, how she's looking at him. They're singing in the car. Autumn leaves are falling down like pieces into place. Oh, that's a beautiful line. <laughs> Which, by the way, she couldn't start with that line. It hits no. because we have enough by now to know she's falling in love. Uh-huh. But we also know... By the background music and the fact that all too well, like, there, this is a sad song. This is a nostalgic song. Mm-hmm. So she's falling in love, but we're not feeling safe in it yet. Yeah. This isn't a love song, right? Like, it's too, yes. especially the version I'm obsessed. Because I think when you look at all these, because um, I have the lyrics up, it's mm-hmm. all past tense until that last line of verse two. I can picture it after all these days. Ooh. Right. So it's, you know, this is a past tense. This is right. not a current thing that is happening right now. Right. And if, if they were still together, that line would exactly. be very different. You still look at me that way. And that's the, and she even it. hints at that at the end of verse one, and you've still got it in your drawer even now. Right. So yes. time has passed. Time has passed. Yes. Right. Exactly. Lots of grounding us in details. Um, there we are again on that little town street. You almost ran the red because you were looking there at me. And I know red in color is something she does with her fans, but I'm not right. touching. I'm not touching it because I'm. I'm not. Um, well, fuck. What's that word? <laughs> I lost the word. I'm not. I don't have the qualifications to. Touch yeah. That. Yeah. No. I'm not qualified for that. I'm not qualified. I don't have the degree. Sorry. Wind in her hair. Photo album on the counter. Cheeks turning red. Your mother's telling me stories about you on the T-ball team. These are all, like, we, she is making us fall in love with him. Yes. That is the brilliance of this song. She does not, by the end of it, she's going to turn us in a different direction. But right Mm -hmm. now, what isn't there to love about this guy? They sing together in the car. When they walk together in the cold, he feels like home. They spend time together. He's looking at her so adoringly that he almost, like, causes a car accident. You know, wind in her hair, windows down, they're alive. He introduces her to his mom. Right. Uh, you know, he he blushes. What a little yeah. sweet boy who blushes, right? 
tossing me the car keys, fuck the patriarchy, keychain on the ground. That's like a, he's a fucking feminist. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) This is a very specific order in my analysis. By the way, I'm going to talk and Anna's going to talk like we are the only analysis. We are very, very, think of this as like a college level poetry class. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to get something different from the poem. So this is my subjective read. It's what I tell my students all the time. It's your answer is usually not right or wrong. It's whether you can defend it. And Ooh. boom, done. Boom. So yeah, so right now we have what we're learning from Taylor is ground your reader in details. Yes. These little details that have her emotion. Then And she is coloring these all so far in the same emotion, which is falling in love. Yes. And with a little hint of this distant nostalgia. Which is that promise of the premise, which is that, I don't know, when you pick up like a revenge book for per se, like if the first couple chapters are everybody getting along, you know this is not going to turn great. Yes. And there's little moments that you're like, ooh, yes, this is going to turn exactly bad. exactly it. And all too, I remember this all too well. Like that's part of the promise of the premise here. So now she has us falling in love with this guy with her. She has given us no reason other than we know that it's probably over, the hint that it's over. No reason not to like him or not to love him. And so we're with her on this journey of falling in love. And then she continues. Next step, character development. Uh Uh-huh. Who are her two characters? It's her versus him, really. It's her and him. And she is wide-eyed. She fell in love. And she's still sad about it. And now we hear her sort of blaming herself, but in a purposeful way. Maybe I ask too much. Okay. Uh So she's starting to, so we kind of are now seeing that it's over and she's like, maybe it's my fault. Yes. Uh, And she gives us this long list of reasons again that she fell in in love with him. I already reviewed those, like the blushing, the smitten Uh with him, fuck the patriarchy. But now that we're in love with him, she's going to give us, show us where the cracks are. Yes. Uh, you never called it what it was. You held my lifeless frame. Mm-hmm. And there we are again. There we are again where nobody had to know. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. Oh, that was oof. oof. Boom. Oof. Highlighted three different colors. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Analyze those lines because what bangers. What bangers. And again, this is a very purposeful or- order. She did not uh-huh. start with this because then we would not have trusted her. As a narrator, like we know she's narrating this tragic love story, this love loss, this love that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, listener, here are all the reasons, the very specific, nostalgic, on theme, remembering all too right. well reasons right? that I fell in love. And, you know, I, maybe it's my fault that it fell apart. That's, you know, maybe I asked for too much. I uh-huh. was just wide eyed and sweet. And he he never called it love. So I fell in love, but he never called it love. Right. And I was falling apart, and he still held me. And he kept me like a secret. He Uh was ashamed of me, listener. Yes. But I kept him like an oath. I praised... He was sacred to me. He was... I elevated him above all others. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now we're like, we're, we're with her... But we know where this is... We know it's ending badly. And this is... She is giving us all the reasons to turn on him now. And that's the tonal shift, too, which Mm -hmm. is like storytelling, right? Because we build up to this midpoint, this shift, which I assume this is our midpoint. Mm -hmm. Um, And our emotions are shifting now to not just wide-eyed love. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure where the length is. um, Yeah. But in terms of this story, yeah, now we're shifting. We started, she lets us in so thoroughly. She makes Uh us fall in love with him, too. And then he breaks our heart with hers. And we believe that she is defenseless. Right. And in the right. She's just 
wide-eyed and innocent and she just loved him right. and kept him like an oath and he's like a little bit you know neglectful uh-huh. keeps her a secret and then she reveals what's been beneath the mask all along so notice in the beginning it's all these little details right um and she doesn't tell us how she's feeling directly it's a show me don't tell me yes it's that cold air feels like home kind of thing that's uh-huh. the closest show me she's falling in love but she never says i was falling in love and then uh now she starts telling us very directly, and you call me up again just to break me like a promise, so casually cruel in the name of being honest. <sighs> Two more lines. This is when, like, Chef kiss. every time I listen to this, and I listened to this so many times to prep for today, I burst into tears every time. Yes. And that is the evidence that we're along for this journey. Because, again, we didn't start with you call me up again just to break me like a promise. Right. Beautiful, beautiful turn of phrase. Yes. Uh, Which I think like a promise. It's too, okay. This yeah. okay. Sorry, this no, is like no, a I was random. Just say that's like two sins in one. You broke me and you broke your promise. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. My random side note is I remember talking to someone. Oh my gosh, someone. It was years ago, but we were talking about uh, writing a book, and you can have that beautiful, beautiful, prosy, wonderful, luscious writing, but the tip is not to unload that in the beginning Mm -hmm. because it's wasted on your reader because your reader needs a character. They need a conflict. They need that third rail. They need the world building. They need so much more. And if you can hook them with that, then the lines that people get tattooed on their body, the lines that people journal about, those ones you will find are like halfway through the book. They are... You have to earn them. You have to earn them. And I think that's what's happened here is you have these two banger lines that are earned because we understand the context behind them. Totally agreed. Completely agreed. And that's the brilliance. She's patient. This is a 10-minute song, and she is patient with us. Right. And she spends several minutes, hey, listener, fall in love with this man just like I fell in love with this man. Right. And then, like, maybe there were a little bit of cracks, but it's probably my fault. And then he broke me like a promise. Yes. And then she now she's so sad. Like, the metaphors, everything she says is like, it's a sort of like self-pitying that she completely gets away with because we were with her. She could not start with, I'm a crumbled right. up piece of paper. I'm in a new hell. Um, she, he brings up age. She wants to die. She's weeping in a bathroom at a party because of him. It's right. all these very directly sad. This is like a little bit of show, don't tell, but it's very tell. And uh-huh. it's so earned because yes. we, were, we fell in love too. We got tricked too. Right. So she's not just starting with like feel bad for me. We're like we feel so bad for you. You were you were really in this. You were falling in love, right? And he was the kind of guy who like introduced you to mom and has these old Tebow photos that make you blush. Uh, so we are with her and sad with her because we were along for this ride. She has yes. earned this. Oh. You don't stab someone in the first moment of a movie. You don't stab your main character because we're like, who the fuck cares right. that she's bleeding? Who cares? Yeah, you stab them when you bring them along for the ride uh-huh. first, and you see what it means to them. Uh, this is like actually my favorite lines of the song. That's saying a lot, but I just think this is this captures something for me that is so above where I am as an artist. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> I just have like such tremendous respect for it. You charmed my dad with self-effacing jokes, sipping coffee like you're on a late night show, and he watched me watch the front door all night, willing you to come. And he said it's supposed to be fun. Turning twenty one. <laughs> the fir- this is again one of those first time I heard it I burst into tears and I'm like is this because I have an ex-boyfriend that dissed me and ditched me on my 21st birthday right, is this an old right? 
Me and Taylor both, guys. Me and Taylor both. I get you, girl. No, it's okay. I threw up in napkins in the parking lot. It's totally. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Well, yeah, I drank way too much. Yeah. Bad. Don't recommend that. 21. Don't. don't do that. Yeah, as you do. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do be that. like Lissa. Um, and also don't stay with him for several more months because that's also a really bad right? thing. Right? He ditched oh, you on no. your birthday. On your birthday, 21-year-old Lissa. Don't. Move on. Move on. He sucks. Um. But I think it's there's such a very nuanced thing that she's capturing here. You charmed my dad with self-effacing jokes. Now she has his number. That. Right? Before she's wide-eyed. But now she's saying, you manipulated the fuck out of my family. You charmed my dad. Uh-huh. with You made fun of yourself. You sat there sipping coffee like you're on a late night show. And that right there is bitter. That it is, is so bitter. It is so appropriately bitter. And bitter. it's so pointed. Mm-hmm. Like... You wouldn't say that about just any guy. And now that, like, you know, I think we all know what guy she's talking to and all too well. uh, Then every single time you can just picture him, right? Uh You can just picture that smug smile and it's very hard not to then hate him, which is a totally (laughs) irrational response to a song. But she gets you so wound in her feelings she she has it's the same thing like that this relationship happened to her in this song i don't actually know a thing about the actual relationship right right but you start out in love and falling in love and then there are cracks and then beneath those cracks you realize oh he's a charmer so he was Uh looking at me and almost ran the light but he's a charmer yes and he sits there laughing making great eye contact with my dad sipping coffee like he's the absolute fucking center of the universe right and it's like such a specific insult and i love it right it's so good this is by the way this is a perfect we've been talking a lot in season one about um using side characters to portray Uh emotion she does not say you ditched me on my 21st birthday her dad says to her her dad watches her watch the front door and say, hey, love, you're supposed to, this is supposed to be a good night. It's supposed to be fun turning 21. And there's something so much more tragic in this dad that met this man and shook his hand and chatted with him to then see his daughter's heart get broken. It hits differently. Yeah. It's yeah. not my heart is broken. It's my father watched my heart get broken. And this is where Taylor, this is where I really fucking respect Taylor. Because now she already won. She already right. won this song. No, she's won. So now she does a victory lap. <laughs> And now she throws some punches that, again, only land. We are we are cheering on. She's literally going to make fun of uh-huh. the person who she wrote this song about, allegedly. Again, this is all a work of art. But she's yes. going to make fun of the person in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we are going to love it and eat it up because he broke our hearts, too. And we watched and we were along for the ride. Yes. But this is where we get that. And it's a very, like, this. she does this. She tells her own self-effacing joke. I was never very good... At telling jokes, but the punchline goes, and we all know it. I get older, but your lovers stay the same. (laughs) And so now she can, she really, even beyond this line, her victory lap includes, like, allusions like, you keep my scarf because you miss me too, bro. Like, you miss me Uh too. This is a two-way street. I might be the one writing songs about it, but this is a two-way street. I was the only real thing you've ever known. You should miss me, bitch. That's what Uh she's saying. Yes. (laughs) Uh... Just between us, did the love affair maim you two? Another beautiful line I wrote. The contrast. Uh-huh. Ugh, the contrast. The love affair, did it maim you? It's so yes. violent. Beautiful yes. and violent. <laughs> it's that word. I love, okay, because that's something that I noticed with her. Uh, I'm going to point out word choice in my songs, too, because mm, that word it. is 
lovely. I didn't Mame. even know this word. I got to add that Mame. word to my book. And, and it's, you <sighs> maimed, she's saying you maimed me in this too. Yes. Did it maim you too? It's the too. first time she's telling us like, you fucking maimed me. Yeah. This hurt. Like, this is a scar. This is forever. Destroyed. And, yeah. And even like in the end of the song, she repeats just between us quite a few times. And it still speaks to an intimacy. Like she is speaking to him with a certain intimacy of like, I know I was fucking important but to you. But that's the secret thing, yeah, too, of like, I'm, yeah. I'm secret. Okay, well, buddy, I got a secret, too, <laughs> just between us. It's a subtle power move, and I fucking love it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I know. When I, when I like went through this song, I was like, holy shit, there's so much more to All Too Well than this Swifty like could probably ever even oh, understand. I'm living. So that, that concludes All Too Well. Good Lord. I'm going to do a quick review of what I have learned. Grounding in character, grounding in setting, and then grounding in the relationship or the characters and the good stuff so that we know how bad the bad stuff hurts. Mm-hmm. And that allows us to then make a character emotional shift and change, which then allows us to, because our readers are so eating out of the palms of our hands, we can now unload like bitch in line after bitch in line after bitch in line. With barbed wire in them. Ones barbed that wire. Oh my gosh. That you're <laughs> that like, punch back. yes, love it. Exactly. Which allows us to get to this veiled acidity at the end and mm-hmm. makes us feel justified. And even though it is a sad song, it is a victorious song in the end. You're rooting for this person. It's a sad song and it's a tragic song, but the power dynamic, and there's like a whole age thing we didn't even touch, but it's in here throughout the child. There's right. like a child like <clears throat> as to how she prevents yes. like herself in the song. Um, but she comes out throwing equal punches. Like she talks about being a crumpled up piece of paper, but that is not, I was a, I, she said, I'm a crumpled up piece of paper, but yeah. by the end of this story, she's not. Uh huh. She's like, Hey, yeah, this, this was rough on both of us because right. I'm, I'm the realest thing you ever had. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So, I yeah, love it. Agree. Grounding in details, the third rail, like th- showing us through the emotion of a character, what they're feeling right. as you introduce us to the story and where it takes place and who it's about. Right. Earning those punches by, you know, bringing us along for the ride. Brava, Taylor. Dang. Brava. <laughs> You're so brave. I love it. It was so good. And she's got songs where she comes out punching right away. It's just not this song. And I respect that. Exactly. Because it's it's serving a different vibe. And this song, it takes you, it's very subtle. Because even when she's, you know, and I was never good at telling jokes. How many times are we going to almost sing? And neither of us, like, I can't sing. But every single time I say the words, I like want to sing. But no, we're not going to ruin it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um... But even that, it's like, oh, you know, I'm not so good at this. But if I was, fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love how many, I love, I think that's the thing that I love about her as a writer too, is she has so many different like quick emotional shifts like that, that just are so relatable, that mm-hmm. are so relatable and so fun. And you're constantly looking for the next one. And it's so veiled in a way that like, if you're in the know, you're in the know and you're like. Yeah, I get these lyrics. I get this. Like, she just threw up the middle finger dog. (laughs) I love it. All right, your turn, miss. My turn. I am going to do Antihero. Ooh. Okay. Because this is the one uh, that one of uh, my dear, dear friends said that every, um, every verse sounds like it could have been written by Mary Shelley. 
And I said, yes, absolutely. So I think, one, I am going to talk about the musicality of this, which I think goes with the tone, okay? I'm going to talk about tone and Vibes and and tone. Vibes. Tone. (laughs) Which may or may not be a future episode. (gasps) We're going to talk about vibes, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe we'll stick around. Um, The tone of this song is that upbeat, cutesy. I'm going to liken it to, if you know, Florence and the Machines Free, which is about depression. And... It is very much, it has like the fastest beat per minute and it is all like manic energy and it's all about depression, picks you up, puts you down, picks you up, uh, chews you up, spits you out. And then like, there's a moment when I'm dancing that I feel free and it's like all this manic energy, but you're like, I feel so much anxiety because this is what's inside of my body all the time. (laughs) And that's what depression is like. I think the same thing is happening here. So even, right. So it's very cute, upbeat. And then she starts with the line, I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser. Immediately, we are focused on the character, and then we are focused on their problem. Ooh, she starts Immediately. with the problem. She starts with the problem. This so is you the, know. the misbelief, the lie, Yes, right? I, The thing they I, need to overcome. Exactly. The thing I need to overcome is that I get older, but I'm never wiser. I, And that's going to create more problems for me throughout this story. So then this one delves into very much like depression and anxiety. And um, my favorite, she unloads, she unloads this like relatable banger of a line. When my depression works the graveyard shift, all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. Whoa, 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 whoa. Can you repeat it? I need to like absorb it. I know the song, but like hearing it, you know. When my depression works the graveyard shift, all of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. Ooh, ouch. Oh, so we've got our setting. Yeah. We're awake at midnight. We're awake past midnight. And depression. We know we're feeling. Yep. yep. Depression, anxiety, we're there, we're relating. And just to add to that, there's a distance there that's really Mm -hmm. purposeful and cool. Like, she's not saying I'm really fucking depressed right now or describing, like, the tissue box next to her that she can't move. It's... Uh, yeah, my depression's working the graveyard shift right now, and yeah. I'm going to talk about that distance because okay. that's the fun part that I got to with this. That's like, I really focused on character here mm-hmm. on this one. So then you have these pre-chorus, these pre-chorus moments, which is the, I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis, right? Because thematically, that's that's the promise of the premise again. It's the promise of the premise, and these pre-choruses are her getting real, right? Mm. She gets real. So it's like, kitsy, depression, it keeps me up at night. And all of us are like, yeah, girl, I relate so badly. And then she gets to these moments and her tone, musically, her tone drops as well, mm. where she's like, I should not be left to my own devices. It's bad. It's not good. And then we get to her actual fear, her, her so we have the internal struggle, I'm not getting wiser, And then my external fear is that you will leave me, that you will see and have enough of me. And so now we have an external conflict. Oh, this could be, I mean, this should be a romance novel. Whoever's written it, send it in. We will support you. (laughs) One song and we have a whole novel here. Yeah, because we have the misbelief of like, I am a fuck up and everyone always leaves me and you're going to leave me too. And that's the fear and what needs to be overcome. Bingo. So then we get to this like real fear. What's the chorus that comes up that everybody gets stuck in their head? It's me. It's me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. So then we get this like, I got too real. I got, I embrace those emotions too easily. And I don't want anybody to see those. So let's go back to being cutesy about 
my feelings, my Fifi's. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is really, this is really layered because this makes the listener do the work in the same way we try to get our readers to do the work. Exactly. She is planting the depression, lonely bomb on us and then Uh being like, I can't look at it. Well, we know, but she's doing it so purposely. It's not in like a ditzy, you know. It's it's almost like the the pre-chorus is the prose Uh that we get inside their head inside the main character's head and we know oh my gosh they're so afraid of this but then they make the choice to show up at the party all cute and like it's not hurting their feelings and you're like no girl just be real and talk to him while also saying i am a problem i'm the problem i make mistakes yeah uh oh wow that's really fucking good (laughs) yes and i think the thing that's so I think that goes back to the prop, like the problem for this character, which is themselves and their lack of changing. And this, I can't change. It's not going to change. I'm never going to get wiser. But I'm so aware of that, which makes you rooting for them, is the, I stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. Ooh, wow. Oh, I just got chills. Is that not the I, greatest And I've heard line that line a million world? times. I stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. And it's in that same sing song upbeat but it's wow so i am am. so i stare directly at the sun i burn bright i shine hard i am the number one artist in the world right now and i do the thing that will hurt my eyeballs it's not good to stare in the sun but here i am living on the edge so much that it hurts but i can't look at myself i can't look at myself i cannot change myself and then we get to it must be you know exhausting rooting for the anti-hero so she acknowledges this acknowledgement this is where we get like anti-heroes or villains even where we're like rooting for them to change we're rooting for this character to change and we're like just do the thing just say your feelings just look at yourself you know the problem exists but we see for this person the pain of changing do you think she's talking to her fans in that moment i think she is talking to her fans in this song Mm -hmm. i think this is very much it it must be exhausting because you're rooting. always rooting for me, but I'm always making mistakes. Maybe I'm the baddie. Always, yeah. Yes. And I think you can read into this. A lot of her lyrics, especially two of the songs I picked, are very much about this stunted growth, this stunted maturity, mm-hmm. which I was like, that's child actors, child celebrities. Mm-hmm. They are almost always like stunted, I guess, or like um, it is difficult for them to mature. And it fits like one of her biggest public criticisms that's sexist and all sorts of problems, but is that she has, you know, she's a serial girlfriend and she has a lot of boyfriends, but her relationships and everyone's rooting for her to find the one, right? Exactly. So then interpreting it through that lens, it's maybe Uh I'm the common denominator in all these failed relationships. Like it's like her vulnerability, her fear. I'm not saying she is. Right. Um, I think no one can shine as bright, although I'm reading for, rooting for TK. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, that's really brilliant. And it's also mm-hmm. super relatable because who among us hasn't worried that we're not the problem in our that's, relationships? That's the thing I focus on in all of these lyrics is the language is relatable. Accessible. And the situations are accessible. I you, I wrote the word accessible on every single paper Same. that I have. Is every, like that opening line of like, laying when my midnights become my afternoons Mm. this lying awake at night with all of the ghosts that you have have in your past it's like who among us doesn't know what that feels like i don't know what i think i wrote on here um i don't know what it feels like to be taylor swift i have no fucking clue but Mm. i know what it's like to sit there laying in bed at night 
kicking myself because of the ridiculous things I've said or the people I haven't caught up with or whatever. I know what that feels like. I also know what it feels like to be afraid that I'm going to be too much, that my partner is going to walk out on me. Mm -hmm. Wow. No, you're absolutely right. It's accessible emotionally, like you just pointed Mm -hmm. out, that it's a feeling we can relate to. It's not like, oh, the, the fame is too much. Which would be okay. I'd be interested in a song about that, but I wouldn't feel it. You know, I feel this. Yeah, and it's also accessible just in terms of plain old language. These aren't, which which is really, I believe, how we both aim to write too. We aim to write yes. pretty prose that you don't need a dictionary next to you to understand. Exactly. Exactly. Like I made the mistake of trying to read something nonfiction in the last couple of weeks, and I was like. I I don't know these words. I don't know the words. I have a notes app full of words I don't know. That was me reading tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. There were a bunch of words that I was like, I literally don't know what this word means. I've never seen it before. And Taylor doesn't do that to us because, you know, it's a balance. It's an audience for that. Um, Yes. But this is how you become number one in literally every, every fucking way. Is you make sure everybody, all walks of life, can feel what you want them to feel because they actually don't have to interpret your words. Perfectly said. Um, And then she jumps into one of my favorite uh, verses, which is the sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby, um, (laughs) which I know sexy baby is a reference to something because I was like, what? I have no idea, to be honest. Uh, I know it's a reference to something. I had to look it up, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm not going to talk about it in my analysis, because it's a it's a reference. Okay. She talks about, like, everybody's, like, super sexy and wonderful and awesome, and they all have their shit together. But then she paints this picture. Again, here's our Mary Shelley moment. I'm a monster on a hill, um, and, they're like, she's too big. She can't be there, right? I'm too scary. I'm too much. And then the line is, pierced through the heart, but never killed. She's maimed again. Maimed again. Her again. So here I am. I'm huge. I'm this monolith that, you know, this big personality or for, you know, for Taylor, this big, huge celebrity. Mm -hmm. But she's too big and she's too huge to actually fit in. And I will never die because you all still love me and you still support me. And I'm still making music. And for, for anybody who's not Taylor Swift, it's like... You just keep going, right? Like, I, I'm shot through the heart, but I just keep going. I keep picking myself back up. And she keeps... And yeah, you keep... People keep hurting her. They uh-huh. keep hurting. She's they. She's a monster. She's... Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's got so many layers. There's the fame layer. Like right. you said, that big layer. Because, like, she's got to be one of the most recognizable people on the planet. Uh-huh. Like, truly on the planet. Truly. She shows up and everybody's like, I know who that is. Like, Done. literally, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy. We could go uh-huh. through so many examples. So there's that level of loneliness to that, mm-hmm. but also like there's being ostracized for that. And like, we know this, we have seen this time and time again, but the bigger the celebrity, the more well, there's a number of people who will bask in their downfall and lick right. their bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was when, you know, and the whole Kanye thing that we won't get into, but that's what people right. did. They were like, they were like, yeah, Taylor's time is done. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah. Right. And then she's still, obviously, she's still kicking. She she's still back. here. She's still going. Bigger right? and better than ever. Exactly. <laughs> but and this then, isn't, it's the way she's saying it's not, sorry, I get so stuck on this no. stuff. It's not a prideful line. And it's, that's, mm-hmm. are Go you for ready it. for the next yeah. line? Because uh-huh. the next line is very fun. Because it's like, it's not a prideful way. But she understands there's a little bit of pride in there. There's a little bit. Because she says, did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism. 
<laughs> so even she's talking about how she's this big monster, this big whatever. Did you hear that covert narcissism? Because I kind of know I'm a little bit of narcissist. And I also disguise it as altruism that I'm here for you. Like, Wow, the self-awareness. The, it's that self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah, her self-awareness is off the chart in these lyrics. And it's also like... Any sting, I, I mean, I didn't pick up on any narcissism, I'll be honest. I was like, so, yeah. I was like, you're a monster, I'm so sorry. Right. But for anybody who does, it takes the sting out of it if she's like, oops, I did it again. I'm the problem again. Right. And or now maybe she's they're... also giving evidence for why she's a problem. And that. It's, an- she... it's anxious. It There it is. It's that anxiety. She comes back again because it's almost like she's in battle with herself during these choruses and pre-choruses. Like, she is, here's this verse where she's like, Here's what's happening with my anxiety. Oh, no, did I say too much? I think I said too much. Oh, I need to cover myself. Hi, it's me. I'm the pro- <laughs> And they're like, holy shit, that's anxiety, right? Like that is she's anxiety. She's showing that is us anxiety. Yes. This so even if it's not narcissism, mm-hmm. she's now like, oh, shit, that was a little narcissistic, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And people are like, no, girl, you're like, you're just loud. Like for me, it'd be like, you're just loud. You're a big personality. And I'd be like, okay. And this is Sorry, when like I take the, up too much space. <laughs> Whoops! Did I talk too much? That's like the text you send after you see someone. Hey, it was really great to see you. So sorry if I talk too much. Oh <laughs> <I'm> like, God! <laughs> that's what they're saying. Laugh too loud. I know, that's I know what I laugh is. really loud. <laughs> <laughs> but these lines, it's also like it's when the art is doing the work itself. Like the I yes. think the equivalent of this is we've both talked about how when we write a particularly anxious moment in an. A narrative Uh that we'll write using run-on long sentences to convey in the way it's written that anxiety. Yes. And that's what this is doing. It's conveying, it's like a whispered insecurity, but Mm -hmm. also saying, but maybe it's not insecurity. Maybe it's just flat out narcissism because I think it's like, it's showing us her thought process that she's telling us about. Because if you think about, again, from a musical perspective, from a musicality perspective, those moments of, um, you know... I'll go back to the one, I should not be left to my own devices. They come with prices and vices. I end up in crisis. I wake up screaming and like, it's like, which is a run on sentence, which is like, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack. Hi. And it's like that whispered too. She does a lot. It's more of a quiet, spoken. That's those internal thoughts. And then the rest, I'm not going to do the other, like half of the song. She has one that's like, she has one like phrase, one verse in there that I could analyze, but I think the top half is really what I was like, okay, that's what I got. Like I really pulled ground in setting, ground in character, ground in that internal problem and see how that internal problem affects your external problem, the relationship, and then show a character struggling with that problem and making not great choices or mm-hmm. making you know, not the best choices for growth. Taylor did it again. Yeah, man. So before I reveal the song, the reason I picked this song is because I, it happened to me quite a few times where I, I listened to it, came on while driving and it brought me to tears oh. and it wasn't um, something I related to that brought me to, like it wasn't, it wasn't like someone described like the kind of whatever fucked up relationship I have somewhere in my life that then I was like, I am crying because I understand. Right. And I've been through this too. It just brought me to tears purely from like an empathy place. Okay. And it's on even Taylor's life. So the song is Epiphany. Okay. So, and this is the one I looked up after because I'm like, I know this isn't her life because I know she didn't go to med school. And so I know she's writing about something specifically, which uh, I will incorporate. But um, 
It's beautiful, but I'm going to break down how and why it works. How did it bring me to tears when I was only half listening? All right. Keep your helmet. Keep your life, son. Just a flesh wound. Here's your rifle. You're already making a face. So, so far we're starting out. This is caring and callous all in one. It's like, it's describing what sounds like someone in war, right? Just a flesh wound. Here's your rifle. Here's your rifle. So keep your helmet. That's like the caring keep your life son like the advice is hey you keep your helmet you stay alive it's just a flesh wound like you're bleeding or someone's bleeding right get back in there here's your rifle go kill so it's like it's callous and caring all at once and then crawling up the beaches now sir i think he's bleeding out and that's the line that makes me cry. And oh I was like, God. why the fuck does this get me every time? It gets me every time, too. Oh so here's why I think. God. I'd be curious what you think. But I think this is what we've talked about in terms of having the reader do the work. Or in this yes. case, the listener does the work. Sir, I think he's bleeding out is a strangely calm way to refer to someone who's dying. Yes. It is not void of emotion, but it is not emotional. Yes. So it's someone either trying to keep it together. That's like the impression, Uh right? Like the sir, I think he's bleeding out, is trying to... We've already introduced some kind of voice or some kind of presence of callous, caring professional. Uh And now it's like, clearly the person who's saying this, there there is an emotion in there because it probably costs a lot to be like, "Um, sir, I think he's bleeding. Like to to try to bring attention to someone dying... Right. Is an emotional thing to do. Right. Don't you look up what this means yet, Anna. I'm, I'm not. I'm okay. not. I'm not. <laughs> so I'm the reader does the work. Okay. And she says, and some things you just can't speak about. And um, obviously, like, now we know we're talking about things that are beyond words. And that is the theme right. of the song, I'd argue. In the analysis of Lisa Mia Smith, uh, things we can't speak about. It's, she does not... The distance remains pretty great throughout between right. the words and what's and the terrible things that are happening. Because if you look at this, it's one, two, three, four, five stanzas, and then the last three stanzas just repeat. Mm-hmm. It's and a very simple song. Because we can't speak about those things. Okay. You can't speak about them, so yep. that distance. So, with you I serve, with you I fall down, watch you breathe in, watch you breathe out. So so again, we're in distance, but with you, I serve. This is like that idea of, um, you know, it's she's evoked war, and she so far. But there's also like again, the next lines are something med school did not cover. So now it's beyond Uh war. Now we're talking about people, situations where people are dying. So again, we have emotion through the negatives. Again, she's telling us through the negatives, meaning what she's not telling us. Something med school did not cover. Someone's daughter, someone's mother. I could choke up just like reading I'm it. I'm already crying. I know. It's so powerful. I mean, we're literally, we're not even hearing like her angelic voice in this and all the melody that goes along with it. What, but we have to wonder when someone says this, what does this feel like to not have learned how to deal with this? Yeah. Like what she's telling us is this, this person, this, the, this quote unquote story or song or poem is about is dealing with death and terrible things right and having to the grief of loss um without anybody telling teaching them how to they've taught been taught to save lives but not what to do when they can't yeah and it's so tragic um and then it gets more specific more medical hold your hand through plastic now and then here's the other line that gets me doc i think she's crashing (sighs) now 
So it's that same sir, I think he's bleeding out. It's the same, it's spoken mm-hmm. with the same cadence in the same place yes. in the verse. Um, and that's that same, like, uh, something's going wrong. Like, which, it, I, oh, I just unlocked something a little bit. I think as both are spoken with a bit of, I'm not in charge. I'm not fully in charge. And I've never really experienced this before. So there's this calm that takes over you mm-hmm. in a time of panic and a time of stress. And, and mm-hmm. this is embodied that, de- that, deta- oh God, I'm going to cry. That detach, that not detachment, but like detachment from your own body of like, mm-hmm. this is what's happening right now. It's like an out of body experience. And it's yes. also someone grasping for professionalism, whether they're a soldier uh-huh. or a doctor. Yes. Or a nurse or whomever. They're uh-huh. grasping to stay professional while trying to draw attention to something that they can't independently Song. Right. It's like really powerful, right? Oh my God. And so it's someone's distance juxtaposed with intimacy. Like yes. the contrast punches, like uh someone's daughter, someone is a stranger, uh-huh. someone's mother. Someone is a stranger, but also a daughter and a mother. Right. Only 20 minutes to sleep, but you dream of some epiphany. And again, this is the same theme of there's a distance. Well, she's not telling us specifically what this person who we no. assume is trying is dealing with death right um is dreaming about but some epiphany something right something better something impossible that solves everything right and that is so to give you answers right yeah. because you can't get answers in the moment you can get answers later and you yeah. when that when that adrenaline comes down when you can reflect now you're thinking give me something to make sense of what I just saw, like what is what I've just experienced, and she makes us work for what that is. It's the um, this is the this is not an emotional song. Like there are songs where she again, all too well. I'm a crumbled up piece of paper. Yes, uh, antihero. Like you've talked about, um, I can't look at myself in the mirror. Like there are more right. direct lines of this is how I'm feeling about myself or what's going on, uh-huh. and this is this is not a first person narrative. This is a second person narrative yeah. in a lot of ways. There's distance and it's the distance makes the listener do the work, which is why I think we can half listen to this while we're driving and be like, Oh Uh fuck, Taylor got me again. And I'm crying again. So this is a great example of making the listener do the work. We have to infer what the person is feeling. Right. Unlike some of her other songs, she's not telling us at all. She's, she is like, has us in this canal. She has channeled us in this direction by all of the things she's not telling us. Uh huh. So we have no choice, but to our brains have to, grasp onto the material and do the little bit of work that then brings us to tears like oh shit someone's dying and this person can't save them and they're still trying to keep it together because they're not in a role where they're supposed to be this is supposed to be grieving you want to know what the song's about after i looked it up yeah any guesses or you don't want to play the game i have no idea go um it is she wrote it for the first responders in covid okay this makes sense Okay, and she wrote it sense. using um, that and her grandfather. Because the plastic part is what yeah. makes that makes sense. Okay. And exactly. And her grandfather served in World War II, but never, ever talked about it. And she knows yep. that he was at some well-known battle. Which so she, makes the some things you can't just talk, you can't talk about. Yep. Keep oh, your helmet, shit. keep your life. Some things you can't talk about. Yeah. Um, crawling up the beaches now. The war imagery is her. And the again, war, it's not just yeah. a random World War II, but it's her grandfather she's imagining. So that's that. Shh. The third rail. So between yeah. the two, it was like an ode to that sort of suffering with that sort of metaphor. <laughs> I was just, I know, blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I'm crying with a song during COVID without even oh. knowing. Oh, Taylor got me. 
Taylor, what are you doing? Okay, so I'm gonna start with this one. Um, so I did This Is Me Trying. Ooh, I love that song. I love that song. This Is Me Trying is very much like a bunch of young adult books where I cannot relate to Taylor's celeb life, but she sets up this song with characters that could be anybody with relatable situations and relatable vocabulary and works through a very relatable theme, even though it could be taken to her celeb life or whatever. A lot of these are, they play both roles. I think the big thing here is tone. And I feel like it's almost a cheat to do it back to back with Antihero, but I think (laughs) the tone is different than Antihero and this is why I like to cover it. So they're both about similar things. Her opening line is, I've been having a hard time adjusting. So it's the same thing, right? Like, I I am struggling with these changes that are happening. And the, yeah, very accessible. We don't yep. have to, there are no layers to that. I, nope. I'm having a hard time adjusting. And you're like, me too, sis. Me too. <laughs> she talks, she sets up the first of that stanza of like, this is how life used to be. And now here's where I'm at, right? Like I had shiny wheels. They're rested now. And then we get to our second character in the third line. I didn't know if you'd care if I came back. I have a lot of regrets about that. That's layered. You're doing the work, what you do, which is the one thing I... I'm glad we're doing, I think we're doing an episode on this, is making the character do the work. It Mm -hmm. is, that is, I'm not, making the reader, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I can't do it. Um, Making the reader do the work. Yes, I think we have a whole episode planned for that. I'm so excited because I'm I'm not there yet. Like, I know I'm not there in a craft level. Um, But she talks about, I didn't know if you'd care if I came back. I have a lot of regrets about that. So I interpret this as her saying, I have a lot of regrets about not knowing if you'd care. And that was a fault of mine. And I have changed. I have regrets. I'm so sorry for ever thinking that you wouldn't come back. I created that problem. And also not being someone worth being celebrated if I come back. Like I'm, there's a bit of a, I regret not either treating you or being with you in such a way that where you'd miss me. Bingo. But also there's the pain, there's the work and like, fuck, maybe you don't miss me. That's a very vulnerable thought. So vulnerable, which gets you to the setting part where she talks about like sit, like pulling her car to this lookout. The relatable line that we all go, oh, what a poetic way of saying this. Could have, fo- could have followed my fears all the way down. Mm. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> just some of those. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, that, we've been there. A, we've been there. That's what a black if, moment kind of thing. That is a, that, that taste, is, that, whiff of death right bingo i think that's the beauty of this song too is like this is this is almost act three final act territory right this is where i've been this is what i'm struggling with this is you know i've I've realized my moment i hit my darkest moment and now i'm here at your doorway i don't know why i'm here but i'm here and i just want you to know this is me trying I'm trying. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to change. Where anti-heroes like, whatever, I can't. It's too hard. <laughs> this one, you yearn for this person. Mm-hmm. You're saying, girl, I know what it feels like to try. I know what it feels like to be at somebody's door. And you don't know what you're saying, but you're like, please just see me. Please, that yearning that and we're like. Yeah, even needing to sell, tell someone this is me trying is a way of saying like, this might not be obvious because I'm not good at this. Yes, yes. Which connects to that second verse, which is where we unload all the beautiful lines that everybody remembers. So they told me all of my cages were mental. Mm -hmm. So I got wasted like all of my potential. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Let's just pause and let that so good. Let's just... Okay. One. The powerful word, wasted. I circled it and I was like, that's such a slang kind of word. It's not drunk. It's not whatever. It is wasted. I am useless. Uh, I am... There is the drunk alternative too, which is which later in the series. double meaning, yeah. Yep. But it is wasted. And the problem that we've all addressed, and you all have, I've allowed the reader to do the work, which is my problem is me, my mental, own mental cages. Well, she's saying they tell me. Uh-huh. So she's leaving a little room for doubt. There's a little bit of like a lack of agency. Yes. In how she, she's I not let saying society, I agree with I them. I let yeah. people convince me. And it hurts me. So then I get wasted like all my potential. Yes. And then they're like, the way it's done too is like even with that term wasted is like so I got wasted like all of my potential is almost her poking at the situation showing that it's I'm past this again mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost at the point where I can poke a joke at it mm-hmm. and do you think it's that that same from all to all that same uh I know better like right yes. there's a little bit that's the they told me there's I, not I believe this or they convinced me it's they yes. told me all of my cages were mental, saying that I'm holding myself back. Anything standing against me is in my fucking head. Yes. So there's a little bit of maybe I don't believe that. Yes. Even though it hurts. A little exactly. room for that. Yeah. Because that's where that I have a lot of regrets about that. That line keeps mm-hmm. coming back about these past tense like situations or these even current like situations where she says, my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. Mm. You know. Um, Which is important because that's also like it's not an apology. No. She's not apologizing, and that's no. purposeful. It's powerful. Yes. I have regrets about that, but that doesn't mean I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. She's not groveling. No, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Trying is a lot different than groveling. It's more mature right? in a way. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing of the, like, I'm having a hard time adjusting is like, no, you're not. You're doing the work. Like, Oh, this is like the hand hurting when you learn something new. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Growth my gosh. Is, is that what this whole song is about? Is it, is is it, it's about when book two is taking me forever because I'm learning so much. Taylor, thank you. Because you're learning so much and this you're trying, trying to apply. <laughs> you're literally. So every time you're like, why aren't the words happening? You're like, this is me trying. And she also told me what I need to do, which is yes. get wasted. Get wasted. Like all my potential. Like all your potential. Thanks, Dan. Here's the whiskey. Tay. I don't know who poured it, but it's here. <laughs> so then we get to, I was so ahead of the curve. The curve became a sphere, fell behind on my classmates, and I ended up here. Oh, there we go. There <laughs> we. There's the fight, the fire <laughs> of it. I was so ahead of the curve, the curve became a sphere. Damn. (laughs) Often, people think about fame and growth as a 2D graph that we are just going to go up and up and up and then we'll crash down. Sometimes when you are ahead of the curve in any aspect, any curve, for her, it could be celebrity, like whatever, being a celeb, being a creative, you get so ahead of the curve that suddenly, hold up, it's it's not a graph. She's in it's, a whole new dimension. It is a whole new dimension. And wait, it's a circle. It's a sphere. And now I'm in the back. Somehow I was so ahead of everything. I was so, I thought I was doing, I thought I was hot shit. I thought I was on top of everything. And like, I can relate this to this lack of adjusting that we all feel, right? Like I feel it is I'm in my 30s and 
I still don't know what I want to do for a living. And whenever I open my mouth in front of my colleagues, I feel like a baby. And I'm like, I promise I'm an intelligent human being. But somehow I thought I was hot shit at some point and knew what I was doing with my life. And now I'm here. (laughs) I love it. At some point, she changes the lyrics in the chorus. The last line is, at least I'm trying. Boom. There's her. There's her barbed Mm, wire. That at least. Yeah. At least I'm trying. Which implies. That you might think that it's not enough. And you, I might get down on myself that it's not progress. But at least I'm still here. (laughs) There's a little hint of unlike you. Right? Unlike you. At least not like if someone says like, oh, and I'm like, well, at least I tried. Uh At least I was uh fucking there. You know, there's a little bit of like, what are you doing without there being a you necessarily in this song? There's Mm -hmm. just a little bit of at least I'm trying. It's a little bit. So that's two songs. I wonder if this is a pattern for her. A a true Swifty can write in and let us know. Yes. Where she gets, she shoots the last shot. Yes. Because she has that in this next verse, her last verse. And it's not even, it's a verse totally different than any of the others. And it is, it is kind of like a last shot. We bring you in this next verse. That's the next time that we bring you, this person she's talking about. That's the only other time that we bring them back in. What does she say? So it makes sense that she's shooting a shot. Yeah, unless uh, is what does she say in the list? I, I truly don't remember how it is. Um, and it's hard to be at a party when I feel like an open wound. Same girl. It's hard <laughs> to be anywhere these days when all I want is you. You're a flashback in a film reel on the one screen in my town. Ooh, wow. So we have this like relationship that has ended, and I am trying. I'm trying to move on with my life, but all I can think about is you. This is me trying, and this person is clearly not uh, open to the trying and yeah the the one screen in my town is also like limited limited yeah all i have is yeah all i have is this oh that's really layered upon layered right and you're a flashback you're not a current movie yes exactly there's still little perspective girl's got self-esteem even when she's down i respect it exactly we stay in a girl who shoots the last shot (laughs) right right so i think the big thing that i have taken away from all of taylor swift is the words we use and the similes we use and the emotions and the themes that we portray those are real and those are the things that readers come back for again and again and again love it totally agreed yeah she makes us feel she makes us feel in accessible ways and with a very skillful weaving of a narrative yes and a story in a very particular order so that we we feel what she wants us to feel we are putty in her hands i cannot make you feel something unless you know what is wrong yep Oh, beautiful. It's good to be back, Anna. We did. It's so good to be back. I miss this. I miss this too. I liked having a break, but I did miss. uh, I felt like I was like losing my creativity muscle a little bit. We needed, I think, a recharge too. Yeah. Life life got complicated for you to say the least. Oh my gosh, y'all. Never. 2024. Be nicer to me, please. (laughs) And my family, please. Should we craft corner? Craft corner, craft corner. I don't have a craft corner and it's 2024. Surprise, guys. One thing you didn't realize was that was actually Taylor Swift herself singing our craft corner jingle. It might have sounded like Anna with me talking yeah, over her a little. I paid like a $2,000 thing for a cameo and that was absolutely <laughs> t- Taylor Swift. I think Taylor's cameo 
would be hey, way Taylor, more than that. Can you please sing Craft Corner? <laughs> um, this I was inspired by. I watched American Symphony on Netflix, which is okay. John Batiste, uh, who I've talked to you about in our voice memos. But he, it, like, won a bunch of Grammys. He also has Oscars and Tonys and all sorts yeah. of stuff. He's like just a super brilliant, creative person. And I'm paraphrasing advice that he gave, but his big thing is like in order to be truly he's got a lot of big things one uh-huh. of them is in order to be truly creative you have to like really embrace that and to shed self-awareness and rejection and so his thing is like like when he was coming up he would go play on the subway just to get ignored or rejected and try to make people smile he would go play everywhere he'd go up to people and try to guess and then play for them uh, play for people who didn't want him to play for them and, and it brought a lot of joy to people but it was also he's like i need to get my daily dose of rejection so that I can Whoa. go on being creative. Like, so I get numb to it. Um, and less about rejection, because I think that's a loaded word in this industry. That's tough. Right. But more what I've been doing, this sounds so weird now that I say it. In the beginning of my writing sessions, I've been like putting on a song that's really in, not necessarily the moment I'm in, but in my book in like some really like emo way and blasting it through my headphones and just letting myself dance and feel it and like totally yes. sink into it without being self-aware like oh someone might see me or oh I feel like a weirdo who like dances before she writes a word and like cries just shedding that part of me that limits myself and inhibits yes. myself and just letting myself being absolute fucking weird while I write I love it that fun? I love that so much because you think about like a lot of I don't know a lot of my, like a lot of my favorite like celebrities or writers or whatever they're like weird they're weird they should be tendencies and they should be they're eclectic people and they they allow themselves to be in this space of creativity all the time they do what it takes and how are we going to scrape the well right like that is my goal to scrape even deeper in the well in this book than i did in rebel i want to scrape to the bottom of the well of human experience you are holy i am trying i dream about that act one all every day i need more I have more. I just, the whole house having the flu this week prevented me from sending, but I have more. But yeah, it's how am I supposed to do that if I inhibit what I'm allowed to feel while I'm right? So I need to feel and be present and not be afraid to just like scream and dance it out while I'm writing. Right. Which allows you to like shed all the external bullshit Mm -hmm. that publishing throws at us. (laughs) Shed it. It's not about that moment. It's about the moment that's happening right now in the book and it's about the words in you. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. That I've been doing two it. hour sprints too to try to like, like really try to focus. Yes. Um, um, so there has been a lot going on in my life for the last like, I don't know, six months. However, it has calmed down in the last like two weeks. And uh, I was like feeling antsy and I was feeling just like weird in my skin and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And I finally forced myself to sit down and write. And I was like, the words are going to be shit and they're not going to be great. And we don't know what we're doing. We kind of know what we're doing. Thanks, Evan Lear Plot Tip. But we're just going to go. And it was rough. (laughs) (laughs) And it was not, the words aren't good. And it allowed me to sit down and do it again the next day. And the next day. So there are times to refill the well and then there, and wait for inspiration to come. And then there are times to sit your butt in the chair and do it. Well said. Boop, boop. We We did it. We did it. First Craft Corner of Season 2. Craft Corner Season 2. I'm so proud of us. I am too. We sat down and we did it. Next episode, we're going to be talking about your best friend. Oh, I was like... And vibes. 
Yes, the vibe episode. Vibes. I have many thoughts on JLB's touchstones. Yes. And vibes. vibes. Oh, I can't wait. Vibes are so much. If someone, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, eh, vibes aren't, I need plot, I need character, etc. Don't underestimate vibes. Do not. Person. Do not. Don't Do not. underestimate vibes, Edward. Dick. He always Edward. fucking underestimates vibes. Always underestimates Look the vibes. Look at the bestseller list, Edward. They all have good vibes. They all and they have need to good learn from it. vibes. God, you can't Edward. deny the vibes, Edward. <laughs> Say it out loud. We're sorry, Edward. Say it out loud. Vibes. Vibes. Welcome back to season two, friends. This is a reminder that you should definitely sign up for our Substack, where you can find bonus content, a team curiosity community, and a whole lot of fun. Turning to story.substack.com. Look for that info in the show notes, and I will see you next time.